attentive. Brethren, God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour we hunger and thirst. We are ill-clad and buffeted and homeless. And we labor working with our own hands. When reviled we blessed. When persecuted we endure. When slandered we try to conciliate. We have become and are now as the refuse of the world, the offscouring of all things. I do not write this to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. Peace be with you, the reader. St. Matthew, let us be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord, glory to you. At that time a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and perverse generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured instantly. And the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move hence to yonder place, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. 
But this kind is not cast out except by prayer and fasting. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This event that the Gospel of Matthew records is also recorded in the Gospels of Mark and Luke. And in each of those, this event immediately follows the Transfiguration. Couldn't last. And if you think about it, what takes place on the mountain with Jesus, Peter, James, and John, and then Moses and Elijah, and what's taking place at the bottom of Mount Tabor, where the village is, with the other disciples, this father and this son who is possessed by a demon is as far apart as you can imagine. Peter, James, and John, who were worthy to experience the uncreated divinity of Jesus shining through His face and His clothing, brighter than the sun, participating in this uncreated light, and the other disciples, who had been given the power by Jesus when He breathed on them the Holy Spirit and sent them out two by two to cast out demons and to heal and to preach, could not help this father-son. And so as soon as Jesus comes down from the mountain with Peter, James, and John, the father rushes to him and shares with him that he had already asked his disciples to help his son, but they were unable. And then I want you to focus on what the Father says. He says, Lord, have mercy on my son. In Mark and Luke, he says, If you can do anything, help my son. And Jesus gives the response, what a faithless and perverse generation. So you have, to, you have to take a step back for just a second and understand that it wasn't just the disciples that were there. It was the Father. And again, in Luke and Mark, it also says that there were scribes, Jewish religious leaders there who did not believe that Jesus was anything but a teacher and a troublemaker. 
And so the conditions with the Father having weak faith, the disciples struggling in their faith, and the scribes having no faith, was a very difficult situation. And this is why he says faithless, but he also adds the adjective perverse. Because the scribes were perverted in their thinking and perverted in their motives. When you're in a group and you know that you're not being supported, if you're in a group that does not believe in Jesus and is adversarial towards Him, can you feel that lack of energy, that negativity? It makes it very hard for a person of faith. So you can imagine how hard it was for those disciples. Jesus then has the Father bring Him His Son. And while He is surrounded by His disciples, and there are villagers, and even those scribes watching on, Jesus asks the Father a question. How long has He been like this? He always tries to get the most out of His miracles. He tries to bring in as many people as possible as witnesses and participants in the miracle so that it can have a profound effect on them. He tries to, in a sense, engage everybody possible. And so when he asks the Father, the Father is able to say in front of everyone that this boy has been demon-possessed ever since he was very young. And when Matthew, uh, Mark and Luke narrate the story, when Jesus says, bring him towards me, then the demon inside of him makes him thrash and have a fit, all the more violent, so that everybody can see what this boy has been suffering and that nobody has been able to free him and to cure him and make him well. Jesus wants people to understand that He has the power over evil, has the power over nature, He has the power over life and death, that He is the Son of God, that He is God Himself in the flesh. And so, in Luke... When Jesus says, bring the son to me, and he asks him, how long has he been this way? The the father gets to say to Jesus, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Some of the most profound words that a person can say. Lord, I believe, but not enough. Help my unbelief. Mixed in with my faith is doubt. How many of us can relate to that? This shows us that faith is given to us as a gift. But one of the reasons why Jesus, in His response to His disciples, when they asked why they couldn't cast it out, He likens faith to a mustard seed, is because the mustard seed of all of the shrubs has probably the smallest seed when it starts out. But it becomes almost a tree-like bush, giving life and shade and refuge to so much and becomes so big from something so small. And Jesus is telling us that faith is like that. Each one of us has been given a measure of faith. Some of us more, some of us less. But 
all of us, at least a little bit. And when we exercise it, when we cry out to the Lord to increase it, then it begins to grow. But nobody starts out having a full-grown bush. All of us have to exercise that measure of faith that we've been given in order for it to grow and become active. And so when the man says, I believe, but help my unbelief, then the Lord commands that the demon leave the son, and he's instantly cured and in his right mind, and he is then brought back into fellowship and embraced by his father. The Lord says something else. When he's discussing this with his disciples, and he talks about faith being like a mustard seed, he also says something else about faith. Faith needs prayer and fasting in order to grow. Now, most Christians today would say, oh yeah, prayer. Prayer is absolutely vital and essential. But not all Christians today say that fasting is essential and vital anymore. If you go back in history, all of the other faith traditions in their roots supported and believed and practiced fasting. But really, only the Orthodox Church of all of Christendom has maintained the same teaching and the same practice when it comes to fasting. Saying that fasting is in direct obedience to one of the commandments of Jesus Christ. That you cannot be faithful to Christ unless you are obedient to His commandments. Fasting is faith in action. It is helping us to recognize that we have a soul, not just a body. When you begin to deny the body, when you begin to train it, when you go without and are self-sacrificial, it helps you to recognize that you have a soul and to exercise that soul in its worship and belief in God. So my dear brothers and sisters, if we want that small measure of faith to grow, we have to continue as Orthodox Christians to exercise that faith through fasting, in obedience to the church, during Wednesdays and Fridays, and during the seasons of the fasts. In addition, the Lord says that this demon could not come out because of their lack of faith, because they were not embracing the exercise of prayer. Now I want you to understand that I mentioned that the disciples had the power to cast out demons. But in this situation, they were unable. What happened? It shows that faith is not a switch that you can just turn on and put on autopilot. The disciples that were not invited to go up on Mount Tabor, they had lost the ability to cast out demons because they had stopped exercising their faith. This is why he said to them, 
You have to grow your faith like a mustard seed. You have to engage in continual prayer and fasting. Without this, you will lose the grace and the power that you even once had. And so I want us to also examine our lives. And when we either first converted, or when we had a renewal of our faith, did we notice an abundance of grace? Did we want to pray more than we do today? Did we want to go to the church services maybe more consistently, with more fervor, earlier, and more engaged than we do today? Did we want to engage in all the fasts more than we do today? The reason our faith isn't growing is because we are not continually striving to exercise it. We have to work the works of faith in order to receive once again that grace that gives us power to be able to fulfill all the commandments of our Lord. This is why the Lord is telling the disciples, other than Peter, James, and John, that they have become impotent and powerless in the face of evil. That they were unable to cure this father's son. So us, we, have to examine ourselves and say, if we are losing grace and losing power and losing zeal and appetite in the spiritual life, we too need to rekindle our faith through increased prayer and fasting and by believing and exercising that faith like a muscle so that we can then have increased power and communion with God so that God can live in and through us and we can see that manifested in our everyday life. Amen.